Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi. Last week, I shared 10 things I learned in 10 years of grieving the death of my child. Now, as I was thinking about the possibility of doing last week's episode, one of the things that I had in my mind originally was one of the things I've learned is that how our grief is all over the place and how it can stabilize, but we can get hit with grief waves at any time. And it's like a roller coaster ride sometimes. And it wasn't until the morning after I recorded last week's episode, I was driving down the road when I realized when I went to actually write out the things that I have learned that I wanted to share, that that was not on the list. It didn't make it into the podcast. So I decided to talk about that topic this week. Now, something I want to start off by sharing with you is a lot of people are familiar with what's called the stages of grief. I think it's five stages, something like that. And the thing is, that was written in a book by a woman named Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. But the book that she wrote and where that came from is for the terminally ill person, the person who knows they are going to die. And those are the stages they go through Uh, once they know that their disease is incurable and they're going to be leaving this earth. It is not for those of us who have lost someone we love. And what's amazing to me is that I have run into even counselors that don't know that. Our grief is a lot more like a tangled ball of yarn. It can be lots of emotions all wrapped up together And we get the job of sorting it all out, which can take a very long time. We can finally have a day or two where we didn't cry, which makes us think that we're finally starting to pull out of the worst of it. And then the next day, we're back to the place where our body just feels so heavy and our pain is so great that we can't even get out of bed again. Roller coaster, right? I remember at one point, I had handled two Christmases in a row fairly well, which was Becca's favorite holiday. And the next year, I just fell apart, and I felt like I could barely make it through. Roller coaster. We can be going along fine for months, and then we could be maybe in the grocery store, with, and without even thinking, we reach for a favorite snack or a cereal we used to get our child, and then we have to leave the store because we're having a complete meltdown. Roller coaster. One day I can have a song come on the radio in the car that reminds me of Becca, and maybe I'm in a good mood right now and I'm having a great day, so I just crank that song up and I sing along with it, thinking of Becca with a smile even. But the very next time that song comes on, I can't get it turned off fast enough and I have to pull over because I can't see to drive through the tears. Roller coaster, weddings, showers, graduations, babies being born, holidays, on and on it goes. We never know from one time to the next how it's going to hit us. It is like a roller coaster ride. And I really don't like feeling so unstable, but that's my life now. And at least I know there are so many of you out there that are just like me and you get it. 
I have a friend, Lynn. She's been on the podcast. And I know she told me about how once she was at a Christian concert with friends who did not know she had lost a child. No, it had been well over 20 years. But at this concert, they started to sing a song and it triggered her grief. And so she was sitting there fighting the tears and couldn't, you know, couldn't fight them anymore. And so she ended up getting up and going to the bathroom. And then she had to decide, am I just going to leave and let my friends wonder what happened? But she decided to finish her good cry, cleaned herself up, and then she returned to the concert. Now, the interesting thing is that we can choose what to do when those times happen. We can leave, we can do like Lynn did, or we can invite those around us into that sacred moment. If that's, you know, in a concert, you can't really do that, right? But there are some times when we get triggered and we're with a group of people. And the interesting thing is that there are a lot of people who didn't know us when our child died. They don't know about that part of our past they can be very empathetic to us and we can allow them and invite them into that sacred moment with us and they'll come. They'll even tear up with us. They'll comfort us. And unfortunately, it seems like that those who didn't know us are better at that than those who did know us when we lost our child. They just want to keep going on and they don't understand why we're still struggling with this. But people who don't know that about us, a lot of times they'll just come right in and join us in that grief and in that sorrow and they'll be there with us in that sacred moment. Some of you know my friend Mitch Carmody. He has shared before that our grief matures like a newborn as they grow. In other words, the first year in our grief is like uh, the first year of a newborn baby. They're pretty helpless, right? And I know that first year we feel pretty helpless. And like a two-year-old, they're starting to walk, they're a toddler, they're unsteady on their legs, they still really can't do a whole lot, and that's like we are two years into our grief. And I think this is a really good comparison. So for me, we just hit 10 years last week, and I'm like a 10-year-old getting ready for my preteens. Can we say roller coaster, right? Or that teenager. Last week, on that day, October 12th, I really felt numb on that day, on that 10-year mark. Dave and I, we went to the gravesite, and I just stared at the tombstone. I just stared at the date, thinking about how long 10 years is. And it was like just disbelief and numbness. And I did tear up a couple of times, but I never cried. And for me, I'm a crier, even before Becca died. And it felt like, was there something wrong with me? But no, there wasn't. But something happened, I think it was like three days later, totally unrelated to Becca's death, and I could not stop crying for two or three hours. And I believe that was finally a release from the heaviness of passing the 10-year mark of Becca being gone from this earth. I mean, it did feel like a roller coaster. The day we hit, I was numb, I didn't cry, and then it was like two or three days later, here I am crying. You know, and, the, and the tears were started by something that was totally unrelated, but obviously they were there and they needed to come out. This last Thursday, before we pulled out of Wisconsin with the Holtmobile, 
we met with our local GPS Hope Share and Care support group. We meet once a month. And one of the perivers shared another way of seeing it. And I've seen this illustration and she shared it with our group. So picture a black circle on a piece of paper. And that is our grief. Now, people tend to think that the ball should get smaller. Our grief should get smaller and less, but it doesn't. What happens is it stays the same as we learn to live life around it. And so that black ball is still there right in the middle of our life, but then we begin to surround it with life again and and what we're doing and and uh, how we're able to uh, do other things as as we grow things grow around the grief it doesn't get smaller our capacity to live again increases around that now, there are some good illustrations that I put in my next book that's coming out either the end of November beginning of December it's a, a daily reflections of hope book and the February 19th entry, I would like to read this entry to you. Before I do, I just want to say, if you've been with me for very long, you know Becca had an amputation when she was three years old from uh, cancer. So we had a front row seat to uh, a child with an amputation. And losing our child is a lot like an amputation. There's one illustration right there because a part of your very being has been cut off from you and you have to figure out how to live again with that part of you missing. But there are three more that I talk about on this day. So let me go ahead and read them to you. First of all, grief is like carrying a rock in your pants pocket. At first, you are very aware of it as it bangs against your leg with every movement. After a long time, you are aware it's there, but it doesn't affect you as deeply all the time. Then you move on to times where you consciously forget it's there as you go throughout your day. Sometimes we reach into our pocket to grab something else, and as our hand feels the rock, we remember. There are times we will put our hand in our pocket because we want or need to feel the rock. And there are other times we pull the rock out to hold it and look at it, and then it goes back into our pocket. Even if we exchange pants, the rock will still go with us. The second one is grief is like the ocean waves. You feel like you've been shipwrecked, and there are huge waves crashing over you with no mercy. Every time you try to come up for air, all you can do is get a quick gasp, only to be tumbled around by another wave crashing over you. When you think you can't take any more, multiple times, the waves finally start coming further apart. At least now you can catch your breath. Eventually, the waves aren't as big, making it easier to get back to the top. Calmer waters eventually come. There will still be waves and storms that send you swirling, but each time you get better at maneuvering through them, knowing they will end and the calmer waters will come again. And the third illustration is grief is like carrying a backpack of rocks up a hill. At first, you cannot move under the weight as you look up to where you need to go. With much struggling, you begin to work your way forward. After a while, you are able to take some steps, even though at times you stumble backwards. Eventually, you discover that you are walking up the mountain. It's hard, but you're doing it. As you continue, the backpack of rocks becomes easier to carry as your strength builds. There are times you need to take a rest. Some rests are relatively short and others take longer because of feeling the full weight you are carrying once again. The longer you climb, the easier it gets, and the fewer rests you seem to need but you will always continue to have the backpack of rocks to carry and the effects of it. 
So here's a question I have for you. Do any of these illustrations resonate with you? I would like to suggest that you pick the one that you can relate to the most and picture yourself working through the different stages, eventually getting to where it's easier. You may even want to find a tangible item or a picture of the one you can relate to and put it somewhere where you can see it to remind yourself that it will get better. And I don't know, maybe you even want to get a picture of a roller coaster to remind yourself that this is just the way it is. But it will get easier, it will get better, and the, the ups and the downs will smooth out more as you go along. They'll still be there, but it won't feel quite as dramatic and quite as scary, and you won't feel quite as lost. So that is my talk about the emotional roller coaster that we are on grieving the death of our child. This past Saturday, Dave and I pulled out of Wisconsin where we have been for the last six months, and we are now back on the road with the Hope Mobile. I am recording this from a campground in Newcastle, Indiana. Tomorrow, we will drive to Heath, Ohio, which is just east of Columbus, which is where we will be when this episode is released. There is something I have not brought up for over six months because someone was going to donate an upgraded motorhome to us, but that fell through in September. So what is it I haven't talked about? It is the In Loving Memory Hearts on the Hope Mobile. We didn't know what we were going to be doing with getting a different Hope Mobile, so we kind of didn't really say anything about these memory hearts. But now that we know that we're going to stay with what we have, we want to let you know about this again. Right now, we have over 80 hearts with the names of loved ones on the outside of our Hope Mobile, our house, traveling with us across the nation. And we would love to add your son or daughter. For a one-time donation of $100, you can choose from seven different colors. We will put your son or daughter's name on the heart and the city and state where they were from. We also have a heart from Canada and one from Singapore. So if you're in a different country, we'll add that to it. Not only are these In Loving Memory hearts a way to honor the memory of your child, it keeps us moving to meet up with and minister to bereavers by helping provide gas since our house <laughs> gets six miles to the gallon because this is full time. This is we live in, in our motorhome. So to see what these hearts look like or to uh, look at uh, sponsoring a memorial heart decal, just go to our website at gpshope.org. Go to the Donate tab and click on the Sponsor a Memorial Heart Decal. And there will also be a link to get there in the show notes. And don't forget to check out all the different shirts that are now available in our store that say, Hold on, pain eases, there is hope. You can wear that message, remind yourself, share that message with other people by wearing it. So please check that out. That is also on the website, gpshope.org, the Store tab. And those items are under the Hope merchandise. Let's go ahead and go on to our birthday segment. Taylor Contreras was born on October 20th, and she is forever 16. Mackenzie Acapina was born on October 21st and is forever seven and a half. Matthew Solikowski was born on October 22nd and is forever 36. 
Nate Wilson was born on October 22nd and is forever 30. We know how important our children's birthdays still are to us, and we celebrate the day these children came into the world. If you would like to have your son or daughter's birthday announced to the listeners on this podcast, I would love to do that. I would be honored to do that. Just go to gpshope.org slash birthdays. There's just a little form there with the information we need to be able to announce it. Submit that information and we will add your son or daughter to our list and announce them the week of his or her birthday. Grief is hard work and it is like a roller coaster. Fortunately, it does get easier and we don't get on that ride as often, but we will deal with it for the rest of our time here on earth. Speaking of time, time can be terrifying to us now. Time means we're getting further away from our child. I used to dread the day that Becca would be gone for five years, and I could not imagine her not being here for 10 or 20 years or more. The thought of it could take my breath away and bring stinging tears. And now, here I am, 10 years later. And yet, as time goes by, it also means we're getting closer to seeing our child again. I used to feel like I was getting further and further away from Becca, but it also means I'm getting closer to seeing her again, and that makes me so excited. Every day, every year, we're all getting closer to seeing our kids again. The pendulum of time, it's all in our perspective. I want to close with reading 1 Corinthians 15. This is verses 53 and 54, and I'm reading it from what's called God's Word Translation. This body that decays must be changed into a body that cannot decay. This mortal body must be changed into a body that will live forever. When this body that decays is changed into a body that cannot decay, and this mortal body is changed into a body that will live forever then the teaching of the scripture will come true. Death is turned into victory. Amen. So, hold on. Pain eases. There is 